Welcome to 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hello, peeps. Hello, 24 Carat Tribe. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, we're so excited today. We're going to have a wonderful podcast on episode today with Carrie Scott Garcia. (laughs) I'm so excited. Um, So I met Carrie last year at the Freedom Academy, which I highly recommend anyone that wants to go and get some life coaching and just some some love off of Carrie is a great, great thing to go to. Um, I met her in Southern California. That's where she's from. And um, Carrie, she is an inspiration to so many people. I've seen her speak um, from uh, her Instagram posts at various churches um, all over the place and mostly a lot to younger generation, which I think is so important. And they, uh, she resonates with them. So uh, Carrie, we are so glad that you are here today. We want to hear some. Uh, Hi ladies. Hello, hello. So excited. So I'm going to start the discussion out. Um, I think people that, (laughs) I know you call your tribe the Mighty 11, but I know you have more than 11 people (laughs) listening on, watching you on Instagram and all social media. So uh, I just am curious for people that don't know much about you, I'm going to let you explain uh, how you got started in this journey of helping and ministering and encouraging and life coaching so many. Mm. Well, first of all, I'm super thankful to be with all of you guys. And um, yeah, that's such a, it's such a big question, right? Because I think all of us, um, we know that we're doing what we're doing um, because of something that we feel passionate about. But I think for me, the journey has been discovering the why I'm passionate about something. Mm. Um, And I, I think growing up in the church, there was an idea that, um, you were passionate about it just because Jesus, the, the Bible said, you know, help others, you know, things like that. And, right. and yet, why does that person want to do that? And that person wants to do that. I have no interest in doing that. I think it's good work, but I don't want to do it. And why am I interested in doing this? Mm. Um, and so, and that kind of comes, I think, from, I think it comes from our story. I really yeah. think it comes from our places of story, our places of family, how we were raised, what we were raised in. Um, and for me, that's definitely, that's definitely true as to the things that I'm passionate about. I'm very passionate about people feeling loved and seen, but also them knowing that um, they have tools to be able to to heal through the word of God. And, mm. um, and that comes from my story from my childhood. I, I'm a pastor's kid, grew up in a church and to make a very long story short, cause this is not a five hour podcast. <laughs> Darn it. Darn, I told you it was though. <laughs> yeah. skip, to, skip to the highlight reel. Um, there was just a lot of, a lot of pain in my home and uh, there was a lot of love too. 
Um, but I think we have to be really honest about our places of pain and not minimize them right. because I really do believe that from those places of pain mm. really grows our purpose and our passion. And mm-hmm. so for me, that just, you know, pastor's kids on the outside looking great, but on the inside, my mom had a really severe eating disorder, mm. uh, really pretty, pretty severe mental illness. I had because of that and not knowing how to put words to the discrepancy I was seeing in my home and inside the church, I I didn't know how to handle those really big emotions yeah. and so I needed to numb out and that's just one of the one of the ways that I kind of escaped my home mentally and somewhat physically was was through addiction and drug addiction and yeah. I kind of lived in that for almost a decade of my life and mm. um and then and then got clean but the problem was is I never really dealt with you know I dealt with the behavior yeah um but I didn't really deal with why I did drugs in the first place so mm. so much of my life was behavior modification mm. okay I'll become a good Christian now or I'll I'll, I'll, re, I'll you know I'll do all the things that I'll go to church I'll I'll serve in church mm-hmm. um and none of that's bad. None of that's bad. In fact, right. those can be good things, but that's not really where transformation happens. Transformation really happens in um, allowing God to enter into the broken places of our story. And so it wasn't until I was probably about, gosh, 30, 27, um, when I almost took my own life. I had been mm-hmm. clean for almost 10 years, um, about eight years, and my marriage had fallen apart. I was in ministry. My ministry fell apart. It just was wow. everything just unraveled. And I just thought, here it is. Like, I'm done now. Like, I've done everything wrong, right? Mm. And just thought, I just, it'd be better if I wasn't here. Yeah. Which also mirrors the story of my own, my mom's life too, which she ended up taking her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just found myself in a place of like, um, where is God in all of this? Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not getting the kind of healing that I really, really, really wanted. I wanted to be fully alive. I was free. I had Jesus. I was saved, but I was far from living fully alive. And mm. so that kind of where you find me and where my mission is, is how do I begin to offer people the journey from free to fully alive or to embrace both of those, to be free and fully alive. And how do I begin to let them know how to engage the and, the in-between, the journey of what that means and what that looks like? And I think that's, you know, I'm just just listening to, so I'm a pastor's kid as well. And so I relate to, you know, how it can look shiny and beautiful on the outside. And then there's just a whole lot of other stuff going on. Um, my dad also ran Teen Challenge for 25 years. So um, I joke around and say I grew up with drug addicts, alcoholics um, and prostitutes because that was the truth. I mean, we were very, very much in deep in, you know, ministry. So although I never did drugs, I, you know, have watched so many Christian kids go down that path and, you know, it's for them. And then they get, you know, they get saved. And like you said, yeah, they're free, but then they haven't fully lived. They're not alive inside. And so, you know, even Uh when you see like 
these pastors, we talked about it on a podcast where these pastors mm-hmm. commit suicide, mm-hmm. right? And you go, how, how could that happen? You know? And so, I mean, what do you think about that? Like w- w- a Christian person that, you know, lives for Christ, but isn't living fully alive. Like how, how would you tell somebody that's feeling in that place? You know, this is what mm-hmm. you can do to be fully alive. Well, I think the first step is you have to get honest. I think a lot of what, mm. what and I, I don't want to say like in the church, I just want to say like Christian yeah. culture yeah. Uh, in, in some ways um, really advocate like you are now new in Christ, you, which is true. You are no longer uh, your old self, you're a new self, and that is true. But here's the problem is that your humanity and your story are still being played out in your life. Yeah, that's and so good. It's really, it's, it's really allowing God to, um, and for you to get honest with God, to, to understand that you are loved and seen and known, but we've got some work to do in rewiring the way we process life. Um, because we have been processing it through survival techniques, all of us, all of us have experienced trauma and mm-hmm. all of us ex- has experienced pain. No one that's listening to this right now is like, my life has been perfect. No one. <laughs> yeah. So I want to find that. Yeah. There. I, yeah. If you are that person, please give us a call. Please comment. <laughs> We'd love right, to interview right, you. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. They're, they're in heaven. Yes. <laughs> so, True. That that being said, I think the first step is we shy away from being honest about our past. One, for fear that we're going to stay stuck there, and that's a lie. Mm -hmm. Uh, But two, also that we feel in some way that because we've come to Christ, we shouldn't, um, like it's like we don't have enough faith or we're not a good enough Christian if we're really naming and acknowledging, hey, there is places of woundedness Mm -hmm. that... um, that are actually dictating how I think and feel about things. So I, I think the first step for people is like, look, where are the places where you feel stuck, even though you have prayed, even mm. though you have um, you know, done all the things, where are some of those places? What are some of those accusations that you hear going on in your mind? Let's get honest about your story yeah. so that we can begin to understand, one, where the enemy is at play, but also where your purpose and passion is actually going to rise out of. Right. Your calling is going to come from these places of pain. I don't just speak to women because my life has been victorious. I speak to men and women about these subjects because of my story, right. because of what I've seen and what I fought for and what I what I was actually uh, wounded by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in the hands of God has turned into a message. But I could never have done that if I hadn't got honest about how I was really traumatized growing up in the home that I grew up in, not to disparage my parents, but to really own that I that God wants to be a part of all aspects of my life. Does that make sense what I'm saying? So yes. makes sense. It's exactly yeah. why I do what I do too, is because I think it goes back to you have to find out like the generational past, you know, like where you've come from and why those things happen mm-hmm. and the family you come from and how you can then take that and and do it differently. And I think it that is the missing component that people think if they pray more or if they do 
something more, I don't know, just something magically be better. Yeah, that they they can um, just do things on the surface that are all good things, like more counseling, more this, more that. But if you don't go back to where you came from, where your ancestors come from, why this generational dysfunction keeps happening over and over and over, it's like we're responsible for making it stop. And I think the enemy uses shame. You talked about, you know, about feeling like you can't tell your story, but I feel like, I feel like the enemy wants us to be in shame so that we can't live our life. You know, he wants to hold us back. And I think especially for Christians, like you, you know, like I see people that like they walk in so much shame and you're just Mm -hmm. like, gosh, if you would just give it to God and not be scared if they think that of you, you know what I mean? Your story is, I mean, your story is amazing. So, um, Mm -hmm. what kind of advice can you give someone who's just starting on their journey of self-discovering or learning their giftings? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I mean, there's a lot, I mean, there's, this is, this is challenging to do, right? Like we have, we have learned mechanisms to survive. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we're asking you to actually really encounter some of your story that has kept you somewhat safe. I mean, so those survival techniques that, you know, your anger is actually a survival technique. It's yeah. kept people at bay. Your passiveness has kept you out of the fray of people, of the fiery darts in your home. Like, mm. so we're asking you to engage something that has actually been kept Your you safety alive. net, yeah. Um, yeah, and so I think that can be really challenging. So if you're listening and this is something to engage, like it's like time to get honest, know that, and it's exactly what you just said, know that, well, first of all, be kind to yourself, yeah. great. but also know that um, like shame, shame is a really good indicator that underneath the shame is where the trauma lies. Yeah. So if you can begin to engage the shame, turn around rather than run from it, because that is what we do. We hide in shame, but turn around and go, okay, God, we need to face the shame. Then underneath the shame, you will find the roots of trauma. You will find the roots, the core of it. So instead of being so ashamed by it, you'll be able to have a more empathetic response to yourself. Like, oh, I was just a little girl trying to make sense of my world. Um, And so, you know, to begin to turn around and go, God, instead of like, I'm just going to give this to you, God, I'm just going to walk away from the shame. No, we have to do a little more discovery, asking yourself the questions, be curious about your story and where you are today Mm. to understand like, gosh, I feel a lot of shame around this instead of running going i'm gonna turn and engage the shame in curiosity and kindness because underneath that is someone that's really wounded and there's a story there that has caused me to to have shame and so if you notice in the bible god will uh, jesus often 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 engages shame the woman at the well Mm. instead of you know him just saying you're forgiven it's all over he's like no You've had five, and, and at first we're like, wow, that's harsh. You're yeah. telling me you've got yeah. five, five husbands and the one you're with right you're now. You're like, don't call me out, you're Jesus. busting me out right now, Jesus. <laughs> right, right. But we have to listen to the tone of what we're listening to. Mm. So if we're reading that scripture and we think the tone is harsh, that's probably because 
that comes from our own story because God and Jesus's words are good. And we know that it was good. And we know that it wasn't, we know that it wasn't condemnation because she went and told the village, but he made her engage her shame because without Mm. engaging her shame, he was not able to enter into the core of her pain, the core of her trauma, her needing real love. He wasn't going to be able to do that until she faced off the reality of her story. Instead of running from her shame, he had her engage her shame, and therefore he could meet her in the places of woundedness and trauma, which was, you need water that will make you thirst no more. You need a love that will never leave. Does that make sense? Mm, Yeah. No, that is so good. Uh, Preach, girl. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm about ready to take an offering now. (laughs) That's so, I love, I love that story too, because, um, I think a lot of just people in general can relate to that mm-hmm. story of the women at the well and, mm-hmm. um, you know, that shame and being embarrassed. And I think the fact that so many of even his disciples are like, why are you talking to that woman? Mm-hmm. She's disgusting. She And that is what people live with is this thing of if you really know me, you're going to think I'm dirty. You're going to think I'm shameful. No one's going to love me. And it's such a lie. Yeah. So, um, and as she was, as you were speaking, I was thinking too, like to have compassion because you said something and I can't exactly remember what it was, but you were talking about just how, like, you don't know somebody's story. Right. And so sometimes like the behaviors of people are, not the greatest. Um, but how do we have grace in that for others when you don't know what they've been walking through? And that's something that, I mean, as a Christian, I'll say, like, I'll call myself out and say, I've struggled with that, you know, like I'll judge and say, well, you know, Hey, like, what's her problem? Yeah. What's her problem? Mm -hmm. She should be acting like a Christian, Mm -hmm. but maybe there is some trauma that lays beneath that. And that's what's causing their their actions to be the way they are. So good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really good point. And really important for, for all of us to remember that, you know, as humans, we are doing the best we can to survive. Mm -hmm. That's our mechanism, but God is really wanting to come in, not to condemn, but to really truly free you and allow you to begin to be fully alive, to say, Hey, I want to enter into your story. But if we don't have empathy, it's really because we're not willing to go there ourselves. Mm-hmm. So if we're having a hard time with someone's behavior, oftentimes when I'm sitting with someone, I will say, hey, let's, let, let's kind of forget about them right now. Where in your story is this triggering you? Yeah. Why is this making you feel so upset and so angry? And um, let's validate that mm-hmm. in the sense that you're feeling it. But let's be curious about why this is bringing up so much emotion for you. Because guaranteed it's coming from a place of your own story, your uh, own yeah. yeah. Um, sure. so it's a, it's such a good exercise to understand that we can only take people as far as we're willing to go. And if we sit in a lot of judgment or we sit in a lot of anger or passivity, often it is because it has, we're, we're moving into our own survival techniques and God really wants more for you. And he wants you to be able to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. You got to learn how to love yourself, right? To be able to love your neighbor as you would want to be loved. That's awesome. That's good. That's good. So that brings us to now we're in this quarantine world. (laughs) 
So hold me. Um, so with, uh, with that, you know, we're not really physically seeing a lot of people, um, how do we pay attention to the stressors of people? Even I know a lot of people are doing, Rhonda's doing, Rhonda's in insurance too. Yeah. And she's doing a lot of zoom calls and a lot of phone yeah. calls and things like that. And so how do we hold that space for people? Like, can you hear it through their voice? Like, is there a, how do we love on these people or just help during this quarantine time? Cause I think the initial reaction is people, when you ask them, like, how are you doing? The initial reaction is, good, right? (laughs) But you know that there's something, I mean, I know I'm not always good, so I know that that can't be the complete truth, you know? Um, So how are you like, how do we pay attention to that? that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think you have to understand where everyone is in the sense that if the, the basic definitions of trauma are any time that we feel powerlessness. Mm. Um, so everybody on the entire planet is in trauma right yeah. now. Everyone. Everyone is experiencing trauma, which means that parts of their brain are actually shutting off. Mm-hmm. And that's how our brain responds to trauma. It's why when you're in an accident, you kind of lose sense of time. Yeah. So that frontal lobe part of your brain begins to shut down. So everyone is experience trauma at different levels. So I'm more concerned about the aftermath of all of this, but I I will just kind of address where people are at right now. If you can understand that people are in trauma, which means that they are disengaged from their body. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're really in a headspace. Um, how am I going to either achieve? How am I going to get through the day? They're really co- in a cognitive headspace and not in really engaging their body, but their body is letting them know what's really going on. So there's a lot of overeating. There's a lot of um, <laughs> just, uh, you know, which is a pleasure pleasure response. Like right. that's, a, that's a, can we bless that? You know, bless that so our body. So that's why <laughs> I've been needing lots of love lately. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And dopamine. I mean, you actually get a chemical response, like yeah. that happy feeling in your body and your brain okay. comes from chocolate. So you can you can get that response from chocolate. Mine is popcorn. Very long. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so I, I would say, one, understand where everyone on the planet is. Okay. But again, I will go back to you can only take people as far as you're willing to go to your, yourself. So right. how well are you engaging your body? Mm. And by engaging your body, like I, I, I kind of offer, I did a Facebook live about this, um, two weeks ago, um, on disruption. I'm doing a four week series right now, but so you can go back, it's on YouTube. So you can go back and look at those because when this airs, but, um, I did it on engaging the body, the mind, and the spirit. And so a a couple practical things that you can do for yourself is, one, do you have a safe space somewhere around your house or outside, preferably outside unless unless outside is not safe for you, but um, to stand outside, find a safe space that you can go to where you breathe, you can read, you can listen to worship, but you go to that same space every day. And I know that sounds like, well, why? Mm -hmm. Because we are, we are actually creatures of ritual and habit. That's Mm -hmm. why your systems are all out of whack. You know, I, I go to Starbucks every morning, I get my tea and I read my Bible. It's like, it's a ritual. It's a ritual that I do. It brings, uh, it brings systems and safety to me. So find something, I'm, dare I say, ritualistic. I know that's hard for Christians to hear. (laughs) 
Um, but to bring some sense of cohesion into your body. Mm. And then as you're standing there or sitting there or whatever, ask yourself three questions. One, what am I feeling? What am I feeling right now? If you don't know what you're feeling, you can get a feelings list. Townsend puts out a really good one. Find out what you're feeling. Ask what you're needing in that moment. What do I need right now? Maybe I need a hug. Maybe I do need to get on a Zoom call because I can't physically meet with somebody. Maybe I just need some worship. Maybe I need to go for a walk. Mm -hmm. Maybe I need compassion. I don't know what it is, but what do you need in that moment? And third, invite God in. God, would you come Mm -hmm. into these emotions right now? Rather than just going, here, God, have them. What if I'm angry at God right now? What if I'm really angry at God? Am I allowed to to name that emotion, am I allowed to need something? God, I need you to be more present in this moment because I'm I'm angry right now that this is going. I'm angry I don't get to see my grandkids. I'm yeah. angry that I don't have a house. I'm angry that we lost our job. I'm angry. Where are mm-hmm. you, God? I need you to be more present and invite God into it. Mm-hmm. We know that this is done beautifully because we see it in First Kings chapter 19 with Elijah. Yeah. He is angry at God. He is suicidal, but he doesn't stop talking to God. Mm. And what does God do? Get up, Elijah. You need to get it together. No. He feeds him. He ministers to him. He gives him cake. Hallelujah. (laughs) Was he in quarantine? That's all I'm asking. (laughs) That's right. And he lets him rest. So what are you needing? I need to take a nap. How can you honor what your body is needing? Your body will tell you, are you listening to too much news? Yeah. Are you thinking like, are you, you know, is your body saying, Hey, it's enough. Your mind is saying, I need to take in all the information because that's your survival Mm -hmm. techniques. Mm -hmm. You grew up needing to know your surroundings, Mm -hmm. but your body is saying, Hey, it's enough. So that would just be a couple of those are good. Those are, that's good gems. We wrote those yeah, three down. Yeah, we wrote down. those down. I feel like um, I'm in class right now. This is awesome. No, it's really, it's so true because um, I was telling Rhonda last week, you know, I'm so weepy. Like, I just keep crying. Like, my head space is like, mm-hmm. I'm good, I'm good. And then my body is just breaking down and just, I, you know, having these little breakdowns. And I said, oh, my gosh, you know, I am realizing that I'm such a hugger and a physical touch person. Mm. I am missing these hugs from my friends and being with my friends and being surrounded Mm -hmm. by my friends and just those moments. And so it was kind of funny. My husband came home and I was telling him and he's like, do you need a hug? And I was like, well, I I get hugs from you all the time. So no. (laughs) And then he started chasing me around the house. He's like, give me a hug, give me a hug. And it became this joke. So every day, you know, he's like, do you need a hug? (laughs) But, and it's great. So we hug it out for a little while. And, but I'm like, you know, I, I really miss that. Um, physical touch from other people mm. and so I'm yeah I I had to recognize that in myself that I'm crying because I miss my friendships you know my physical touch of mm-hmm. my friends like it's not the same even if mm-hmm. I'm talking to them on zoom or on a phone call or texting it's not the same I have breakfast with no. a lot of gals that I you know, talk to and share a couple of hours, you know, we yeah. just have like a couple hour breakfast talks and just sit and cry and talk and laugh. And, and I miss that. Yeah. There was yes. a, and are you able to grieve that? Yeah. Because some of, some of your people are, that are listening are saying like, yeah, like 
okay, I can go sit in this spot or I can do deep belly breaths or I can do, you know, some oil treatments, you know, and just breathe in oil. But it's not actually fixing the fact that I can't see my friends. I can't get touched. And so that moves us into a state that says, will you allow yourself to grieve and allow the Holy Spirit to enter into places of grief because grief actually allows for resurrected living like we can't have sunday without friday you know like jesus and allowed god to enter into his place of grief and in that place of grief jesus was able to do things that unthinkable because he allowed the grief to be present and the whole and god to enter into the grief so can you grieve what has been stolen right right Mm -hmm. now that what, what has happened and and see what happens you promise you grief will not lead you to more grief right grief yeah. actually Feels leads you to hope yes. it's biblical and it's science mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's such a cleansing too because if i have a good cry and just mm-hmm. go <sighs> okay. Yeah, and needed I, to get that out. Well, and I think too, you know, with with grief, it it, it can it comes in waves, right? Mm-hmm. It, do, it does. It, mm-hmm. It's just that way, right? So I was talking to someone yesterday, and she was saying I was feeling super positive all day, and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. as the evening started to hit. I felt this low and I don't know why. And it's like, well, because we're going through this range of emotions, like you might have a really great day. You're working from home. It's going great. And then, you know, you come home and you realize the reality. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like I can't go to my spin class or I can't, you know, it's just it's a weird place that we're in. And you did mention something kind of want to elaborate on this is. Uh, the aftermath. And I agree with you. Like, I feel like we're focusing right now on what we're in, but when we come out of it, we're all going to be different. Everything is going to change. And so how, you know, how would you advise people to deal with, we need to have her back on. Yeah, we will. The app for the aftermath, because it is, Mm -hmm. it's going to be different. I mean, Mm -hmm. we were on a call yesterday with, with work and we're talking about, you know, the comeback plan, like how we're going to do it. We've sent all these people home, you know, how are we going to slowly go back into normal mode? So, I mean, what would, what would you say about that? Well, I mean, this is why I, um, I mean, I wrote a book called the exchange. It's going to, it's really, really helpful to be able to engage your story and parts of, you know, just being able to teach you how to grieve. I actually think that we don't grieve well mm-hmm. um and to be able to walk in victory in that and hope so you can you can get that and that's a re- a physical tangible resource for people um and you know even for yourself in this time but i would say um that's also why i do this thing called the freedom academy and it's really training people on how to hold space for each other mm-hmm. which sounds like so easy, but it's really challenging for us because we want to fix people rather than really hold space to them. Because remember, if they're in pain, that requires us to access parts of our pain, mm-hmm. which is which is hard to do. It's uncomfortable to do that, and so <laughs> it's kind of uncomfortable. But the more you I mean, we give you really practical tools on mm-hmm. how to ask powerful questions, how to hold space for someone, how to not fix them, but still allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate parts of their hearts that are hurting. People actually don't really need to be fixed. That's the Holy Spirit's job. They need to be heard. And so how can we show up for people and hold space for the aftermath of not just the fact of emotionally 
the trauma that the initial accident is over, but now they have to actually go into rehab to, to heal mm-hmm. from what they have just experienced. How do we hold space for that, the big emotions of that, but also the economic backlash, the mm-hmm. real tangible problems that are going to be here. And I truly believe that as Christ followers, and I don't mean, well, I don't care what, you know, demographic, you know, you come from or denomination, but as Christ followers, we are called to love people, to hold space for them, to offer a listening to to be the tangible hands and ears um, of God, mm-hmm. and that our mouths are used very little, <laughs> and our mm-hmm. presence is used very much. Mm-hmm. And so, because Holy Spirit does a great job. He does a great job of convicting. He does a great job of healing. He does a great job of illuminating. But he uses us to be able to offer a safe space so that someone can begin the process of processing the pain they're experiencing. And I do believe it takes a little bit of training. Um, The Bible, it's all biblically based, but I've spent 25 years (laughs) searching on how to do this. Um, And I make very complex things pretty simple, I think, to understand. But that's a resource that you can use as well. But for you that aren't taking those things or getting those things, how well do you do at listening and asking questions? Or is your go-to to fix, offer a scripture, to say, okay, I'll just pray for you, and I don't mean that those things are bad, mm-hmm. but how curious are you about someone's pain and someone's story? Mm, that's great. So that's beautiful. great stuff. Oh, okay. I'm well, like speechless right now. I'm like, I have nothing well, else to say. I'm just listening, Carrie. <laughs> we could have done this five hours. I'm not oh, kidding. This is so good. So, um, wrapping this up, I think uh, I would love for you to let us let people know where they can reach you. And I would highly recommend uh, going to any one of Carrie's classes or buying the exchange, which Rhonda and I are thinking yeah. about doing a Bible study on. Zoom, uh, yeah, twenty four karat Bible study, yeah. and use the exchange. So as the book. you've inspired us, <laughs> and Good. I really, I just appreciate you so much, Carrie. I met you. I adore you. I think you're um, such an inspiration of hope for people and and just truth. And so I just wanted to let you know, like I just think you are an amazing human. Yeah, and thank you for sharing so, your story you. today. So kind. Yeah, so tell us yeah, where they can reach yeah, you. Thank you. Uh, well, you can you can hang out with me at Carrie Scott Garcia on Instagram or Facebook, and I run an organization called Freedom Movement, and you can follow them, Freedom Underscore Movement. They do a ton of resources. We've got coaching and counseling through them. Freedom Academy runs through them. Um, you can get my book at CarrieGarcia.com or WeAreFreedomMovement.org. It's kind of all, all, everything I do is kind of on both of those platforms um, to check it out. And, and uh, yeah, and I don't know when this exactly airs, but if there is a code right now for money off, um, 25% off for the exchange. Um, and if this airs after the month of April, then you can also get 
a bundle package so for the book so if you want to get more than five and five of you want to do that then there's a bundle package and you just you just email um we are freedom movement and it's on the website but yeah we are freedom movement.org or carriegarcia.com or carrie scott garcia on on social media you're all over the place everywhere (laughs) well thank you so much for joining us we will definitely have to have a follow-up episode because i feel like we couldn't even get everything in that we wanted to talk about today but thank you for joining us 24 Carat Tribe you know we love you and we want you to share subscribe go follow our Instagram at 24 Carat Conversations podcast and until next time 24 Carat Tribe sparkle on bye bye everybody bye